0: Good morning again. Glad that you could join us this morning. Hope that you've been able to enjoy the warmer weather that we had this week. Get outdoors a little bit as it's going to get a little bit colder. Even though it's still the start of March, it was still nice to, to be outside quite a bit this week and to enjoy those things. You know, and as I've been standing in the back, going through the service, going through Sunday school, understanding what I, what I know ahead of time of what I'm going to say in the message. Um, I just can't help but have a strong anticipation to be in heaven, worshiping the Father. It's such, it's such an exciting thing to dwell on and to think about, and you know, going through communion and the songs that we were singing this morning, um, I just want that to be on our hearts and minds. As we begin this message, time, as we go to the Word and we continue in with our series. Um, you know, and as we begin this morning, I just wanted to say thank you to each one of you. For no matter how long or how well I may know you, um, big or small things that you have done, you have contributed in many different ways in my life. And I just wanted to say thank you. And it does mean a lot. You know, this morning, we're going to be talking about this next gift in Romans 12. If you want to open up there, you can. It's just can read this verse, and then we'll travel to some other areas within the Bible as well. But in chapter 12, verse 8, in the middle part of that there, The one who contributes in generosity. Now that's the way my translation reads. Another understanding of generosity that we need to take in is simplicity. And I think that would be important for us to understand in terms of the lavishness of generosity that we can see in our world. The whole Oprah mentality of you get a car and you get a car. That's not what's meant by generosity in this instance, it's more about the simplicity. Originally I wanted to combine this uh, gift with the acts of mercy, one, because that is to be done in cheerfulness, and we know from scripture how God desires a cheerful giver, so not just the acts of mercy being cheerful, but also in our giving. but you know, as I was working through this message, it was just kind of a weird way that it came about. It was a weird week in a lot of different, way, in a lot of different aspects. And you know, many times, when I'm, many times when I'm preparing a message, I'm looking through different scriptures, I'm scouring different life experiences, different ways to help apply the passages to our lives. And I originally didn't really think I was gonna come up with a ton of things for this one. But with the couple of weeks that we've had, They've been heavy, and I've been deeply moved by the Spirit. We've been through a lot in the last couple weeks, with the loss of some loved ones, some near losses of other loved ones, from the conflict that's going on in Europe, um, and then just my own personal times of grief as well. Things have been heavy, and the Lord had moved in some strong ways over the last couple weeks. I did get away for half of the week down to the Ozark Mountain area for some fun and wind therapy. Um, did get a stomach bug through it, but managed through. Um, but, you know, I was able to reflect on some things that I think will apply in a strong way today to bring out some of the practicality for us as we go through this gift. So let's start with our understanding of the gift uh, for the one who contributes, And again, I think with all of these ministerial types of gifts, the same thing I'm going to say all the time. It's hard to discern between natural ability and the gifting of the Spirit. We look to those promptings to help us understand that difference. Um, Looking at the phrase of the one who contributes, it has to do with spontaneous private benevolence. So it's not intended to be repetitive. It's not intended to be blasted on social media of you helping a homeless person and how good of a person you are because of that. Um, the term contributes, gives us a sense of giving, but also one of sharing, to give a share of. So Paul is teaching that those in the body are to be sharing as, with others as a functioning member of that body. The Spirit gifts and guides in that. Most probably within this view, within this context, is going to be food, is going to be simple possessions that's being referenced to, more basic needs type of stuff. Doesn't mean that other things can't be shared, um, but just again, pointing more towards those basic needs as it's building up the body, um, building each other up. In generosity. Or in simplicity is how the contributing and the giving is to be done. Some translations may have insincerity. So people are to give basic needs with a sincerity of heart, a single-mindedness, it doesn't expect anything return in return. You know, when you contribute, uh it is to be done without regret, without other motives. So let's look at some of the other passages to help give us A wider understanding today. Turn over to Acts Chapter Five. Acts Chapter Five, I'm beginning, verse one. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who had buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in and found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband, and great fear came upon the whole church and upon upon all who had had heard these things. Now, I want to be sensitive with this passage because I would not doubt that this passage has been used in many of church fundraising campaigns about giving to the church. Um, There have been abuses in the church in the past when they have asked for money. You can, I believe it was just last year where Joel Osteen's church found hundreds of thousands of dollars in the walls in the bathrooms. Who knows where that money came from? But you know, people look at what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, and they think, well, I don't want that to happen to me, so I better give. But that's not the right heart motive. Peter says it's theirs to give. Their issue is that they lied to the Holy Spirit. And you know, we can play the games of guilt and what if in our own minds and stories, and we can test the Spirit today and not fall over dead and think, I guess I'm okay. But just because we don't fall over dead doesn't mean there isn't a form of death that happens because that shame and that guilt separates you from the Father in your daily walk because you have that barrier there where you can't approach Him any closer. When we think about this verse, we understand how God wants a cheerful giver. So when we talk about contributing and sharing, it's like with our kids, right? We want them to share. Instead, what's it like? You share with your sister. You share with your brother. It's more forced. It's more uh, under compulsion. That's not the type of giving. That's not the type of contributing that God desires. That's not the kind that is a part of this gift as well. We need to let our yes be yes and our no be no. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Chapter 9, I'll begin in verse 6. The point is this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he is decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, He has distributed freely, He has given to the poor. I think, this is my personal opinion, I think that this is probably one of the main passages when it comes to understanding giving, Um, how we're to treat it as Christians. Looking at verse 13 again, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all the others this giving and contributing is based in the gospel message that we've received from the father one commentator named van unick he's got a different take on romans 12:8 that i thought was interesting this week he would translate it or he would bring out an understanding that goes along these lines he says if one communicates the riches of the gospel let him do it with simplicity for example, without self-exaltation, because the wealth of the gospel itself is grace. So holding to the fact that the gospel message, you know, being in the salvation of Christ is the richest thing that we could possibly ever have, um, we then turn and contribute those riches generously to others. It was a deeper thought this week that made me reaffirmed in my evangelistic efforts you know the blood of Christ is eternal whereas silver and gold will fade they will perish you know it doesn't matter how little or how much we have we have because Christ is first given to us he loved us first so we love he has given us grace we share that grace It's a deeper understanding I think we all need to ponder in terms of how we are contributing and what's that motivating factor. Are we contributing because we're told we need to tithe? Are we contributing because of the grace that has been given to us? You know, what your heart motive tells you a lot about the type of giving that you do. You know, um, but just because... And let me just give a little sidebar to that you know yes the gospel is the greatest thing that we have it is the richest thing that we have but it also doesn't mean that we neglect the basic needs that others around us have as well let's turn back to chapter 8 in 2nd corinthians and we'll touch on this a little bit deeper chapter 8 the first five verses And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. So you look at that passage, you know, it goes back to the imagery of the widow and the two mites, right? Where she is giving all that she has for the sake of the kingdom of God. And it's compared to the Pharisees who are giving the bare minimum, right? It, It tells you what the Pharisees valued more in terms of honor and prestige And just the fanfare of doing it in public. Whereas with the widow, she was giving whatever she could for God's sake. Yeah, when we look at this church in Macedonia, they gave themselves first to the Lord. It's mentality that that we could see some of these changes happening within the church. Or at least that's what the teaching is driving the people towards with their with their um, contributing how every believer should be acting within this way first john three sixteen begins this way by this we know love that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers i think we all know that verse but then you continue reading in verse 17 but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. So we see this in that, in that verse. Um, there's a link between contributing and giving of love. And of course, that love is the agape love. Jesus teaches on this subject Luke three verse eleven, verses ten and eleven, and the crowds asked him, "What shall we? What shall we then do?" And he answered them, "Whoever has two turnips is to share with him who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise." So Jesus is teaching and encouraging those who have to help those who don't. Paul encourages in a different way in Ephesians 4 if you want to flip over there Ephesians 4 verse 28 says let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he might have something to share with anyone in need. You know, again, I think Paul is drawing out the conversion aspect, the change that happens in a person's life when Christ enters them, when grace fills them, encouraging them to give up their old lifestyle, to bring on what the Spirit is calling for them to do. You know, a big part of contributing is based on what you've been given and how you understand that. So a simple question to ask yourself is, how deeply does the grace of God affect your life? How does it impact what you are contributing to the lives of others? You know, for the most part within the context here, Paul is talking about basic needs. And when it comes to basic needs for us as Americans, I say that we have plenty of stuff within our possessions. Our homes are filled with trinkets and things that go unused for the most part. Uh, You don't really recognize how much you've accumulated until you try to move. Um, And at that time, you try to have five or six garage sales to get rid of half of the stuff so you don't have to move as much. I can remember when we moved out here and we lived in Judy's house, half of our stuff still remained in boxes in the garage and we lived there for a year. It's like, well, do we really need it? You know, you you think about how much stuff that we have. You might think that it's unusable, but it could be a treasure to someone else as well. You know, and and a lot of the stuff that we have is extra things. It doesn't necessarily go to these basic needs. Clothes is a simple example. We change our wardrobes often. We get new clothes. We sell clothes at garage sales. We give them to Goodwill. You know, I think... Probably 90% of Elaine's wardrobe went to the Micah house. The other 10% I saved back for the girls. You know, we as a church, we had a tote. I'm not sure what happened to it, but we have a tote for um, the food drive, for the food bank that we give to. So we were contributing in community at large in that way. But how are we doing in terms of individually as a body? You know, as a body, I think that we're very generous. We have a very healthy benevolence fund. But we run into some problems here. You know, as Americans, we tend to be pretty proud. We tend to say, we're good, we're fine, we don't need any help. I think we say this because we don't want to let people in to see our dysfunctions. And I joked with Brett earlier about saying the word dysfunction in Sunday school. It's like, there's no way that you would have normally said dysfunction until I put it in a sermon. It's the way it always works. (laughs) But you know, we're, we're all dysfunctional. And we don't want to let others in to know that. No matter how many times I say we're all dysfunctional, we still don't want other people to see our dysfunctions. So I just tend to do things for people. Many times it's anonymous because if they know it's for me, then they try to pay it back in some way. I simply just tell them to pay it forward. And when people don't want to accept what I'm going to give, it's not the healthiest thing. But I've resorted to, well, I'll just give it to your child then and they can spend it how they want. I know that that's come back to get me in some areas, as you guys have interacted with my children. But, you know, I definitely used to be this way, to where I wouldn't accept help. But, it's interesting how a medical emergency can change that attitude. When you're thrust into a different state of mind, and you lose all pretenses, and you allow others to help. And then you're able to see the blessing of receiving. I can remember, even at the time of initial diagnosis, I was still saying no. We'll manage. We'll get through. Elaine said yes. And I went along for the ride. And it was a hard time for the body, if you remember. Because at that time, we had Amelia and Elaine. And there were several close family members and friends all going through cancer at the same time. And I, I can only speak from my vantage point, but after that initial shock wore off, we had a flood of people on, coming alongside of us. We had a meal train set up, childcare when we are at the appointments, people coming to clean the house. My family in Ohio set up a benefit that grew quickly out of their control. We had monthly days of fasting and prayer We received cards upon cards and we had even more people wanting to volunteer to coming to come alongside of us that they were available but we just everything was being done we didn't have uh, enough things for people to take care of it was an outpouring that we didn't expect but one that showed us the love of the father in a strong way we were a part of the homeschool community, a part of this church. I was connected with pastors of other churches within the area, three churches back in Ohio, and two large extended families. As time goes on in your life, you forget the impact that you have in other people's lives, the things that you have contributed in their lives. With that life event, we were able to see so many people come out to help us, and it was humbling. I think one of the best cards Elaine got was from her high school basketball coach. He was a hard coach. He yelled a lot. Elaine didn't think that he was a Christian. Um, and she played behind and alongside of somebody that was more of a star player. She was 6'2". She went on and played in college. Elaine worked hard. She got in every game. But not many people would take notice to her. But her coach sent her a card with a bible verse and part of his testimony and it absolutely floored elaine that was of all of the hundreds of cards that she received that was the one that she loved the most because he shared his his love of christ for a person that she didn't believe was saved when we went back to ohio for the benefit again we were humbled There was over a 1,000 people at that benefit, and we ran out of food. My family had so many donations for auctions and raffles that they were in over their head. Normally, we stay at my mom's house uh, when we go back to Ohio, (laughs) where the kids used to sleep was just full of stuff, so they had to sleep somewhere else. People that we didn't know but maybe knew some extended family members, came up to us at that, auction, or at that benefit. Said that they were following Elaine's story, that they were praying for her. People that graduated with a 70-year-old uncle that I have. You know, people that you, wouldn't, that you would never meet again. But we had an opportunity to meet that night. And it was in that moment when we were being showered with such generosity, and simplicity that Elaine had the opportunity to give back. And she got up and she gave an update on her health because she had just started some treatments. And she gave the gospel message to a room of a 1,000 people that you could hear a pin drop in. we didn't have much to give back. But as Peter says in the beginning part of Acts 5, or not Acts 5, Acts 3 or 4, what we did have, we had in Jesus Christ. And we gave it back generously. Because that's what is of supreme worth. At that time, I was standing next to Um, bart he was my mentor and we were just amazed at how god was using this time even through the hardship as a means to spread the gospel message being able to receive is not an easy thing to do i can't overcome your pride for you i can just tell you that it is awesome to see how God can work through others at times. And part of, God, part of allowing God to work is for people to be observant and to listen to the Spirit in His promptings. But also for us to be willing to accept that help. I know by being the pastor I have offered to organize help in many situations in the past within this body. I have heard many times, we're fine, we're good, we're okay. Which again, I understand. I still do myself at times. But what I didn't understand before was the beauty of allowing God to work through others to meet your needs and so much more. And I know, there are many of you that really don't know what to say. To me, or to the kids, with the loss of Elaine. It's a bad break. It's unfair. Every kid should have a mom. She was so young and so much more. It's hard to express that grief and those feelings. It's hard to go through it. And if I wanted to focus on just the grief, it's easy to do. But we are beyond blessed in so many ways. And as we were singing the songs today, Chris Tomlin's song there, with 10,000 Reasons, again, just thinking about how right now our loved ones in Christ are worshiping the Father in His presence. She's got a head start, but we'll catch up soon. And today, as we continue to worship, don't overlook the fact that we are still worshiping God in his presence. It's just not the heavenly presence. I mean, it's Iowa, so it's close to heaven, right? It's somewhere in a movie. (laughs) But we are beyond blessed in many ways. And many of you have a role in that. So again, thank you. Because you were faithful as you contributed generously and in simplicity. Contributing as a gift is about sharing in basic needs with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It can be about charity, it can be about generous giving, and you can be creative in how you contribute. It depends on how the Spirit has blessed you to give and how he prompts you to give. But again, remembering the story of the widow and the two mites, how she gave all that she had for the glory of God. It's not always a matter of what you give, but it's the heart motive behind it. Following his guidance for us to be able to share in simplicity and generosity. So let's be generous who we share with, especially being generous with the gospel message. Let's pray. Father, as we continue through this series, as you continue to work through your Spirit in our own lives, I pray that you would help us to contemplate the impact and the effect that the gospel message has on us, how we understand the grace that we have received and how we are to be sharing that grace with others. Lord, and in so many ways you have blessed us in material things. Lord, I pray that you give us the eyes to see and soften our hearts to be able to share that wealth with those that we find in need. And Lord, if we struggle with pride, squash it. Lord, because it is all yours and we are only stewards, help us to be faithful to your word. Help us to understand the supreme worth of the gospel message in our hearts and minds and how everything else pales in comparison. Lord, we thank you for the things that we do have. But I pray that you would help us to contemplate how those things are being used to glorify you. Lord, bring us back to the simplicity of the gospel message.